Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Welcome back to another episode. Uh, I am Dan. We have Hartley. And uh, we're just going to jump right into some news that kind of came out over the last few days. And it's not... Well, one was yesterday. Uh, it's not the best news, but, I mean, it depends on who you're asking. Some people might be happy for selfish reasons, and some people might not be. But yes. uh, the yeah. headset has been, according to Mark Gurman, delayed until June, which uh, I just kind of always assumed it was coming in June. So this doesn't really come to me as like a, I don't know. Does it come to you as a shock? Like, it doesn't come to me as a shock. Well, it doesn't come to me as a shock that we will see something at WWDC because we knew that we would need to see something for developers for the headset at that time. But I think what's surprising to me and what I still can't quite believe is that the headset will actually be unveiled at WWDC. Something about that feels wrong to me. Now, I'm not one to question Mark Gurman. Um, so it's, you know, I, I, I'm not saying that, that he's he's got this wrong. It's just... I can't quite fit it together. I can't imagine the unveiling taking place and then it's, well, here's the developer kit. It seems like too much in one go. I mean, developers are not going to be enthused off the bat to develop for this thing because they're not even going to really know what it does. Well, that's it, what's, that's where they should take the time to, to, to tell everyone. They should, but they've also got to get through macOS, watchOS, tvOS. It's going to be an extra long WWTC. Yeah. So they, well, they've got a lot of other things they need to get through. So Apple Classical, uh, Mac Pro. How much? How 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 long can you spend on Apple Classical? I'm, I mean, I don't know how much I would use it, but I am curious to see it. We've been talking about it for so long. Would be nice. But like iOS 17 is not going to be rumored attention. to be a huge update, right? So they can probably breeze through that pretty quickly. Well, Mac OS last year was fairly small, so um, Mac OS. But they will be... still. They, you know, they still will need at least like 10 minutes each. TVOS will probably get less. The HomePod will probably get less. As it usually um, does. Did they even? I, yeah. I, I'm trying to remember last year. I feel like they didn't even talk about those. Uh, TVOS last year, they did just skip over. Yeah. Um, just like, but yeah. They, like if, they, if they spend the whole thing on the headset this year, they can't, you know, bypass uh, iOS 16 and macOS. And there's certainly going to be a lot of interest around iPadOS. There always is. Um, and with macOS being a smaller update last year, I think there will be more interest in macOS. So that when there's all this going on, I feel like it's just a bit too much to go all in on, here's what the headset looks like, here's what it does, here's how it works, here's the platform, and then here's how to develop for it. That is well, so much. I don't think they're going to do that, right? I don't think they would explain how to develop for it. That's something that would come later on in the week for the developers. But like primarily yes developers watch the keynote but so do a lot of other people and so i wouldn't be surprised if they just said here's what you can do with it here's how it looks um here's how it works at a very high level but then we'll explain to you you know how to go about developing it and explain reality os 
and the kit for it, you know, in sessions later this week and through more documentation and, and stuff like that. Um, that would be my guess. That would make the most sense to me personally. Uh, but is that enough time for developers? I mean, I'm not a developer, so any developer that's listening right now, please let us know how much of a nightmare that sounds to you, or do you think that's doable? But my guess is they would do all of that and then like do with the official launch, right, on like the iPhone time, September. Yeah, I just it seems a bit it seems a bit back to front to me because we you know I've always said on this podcast that the Apple Watch is the model. The way that the, the it yeah. was unveiled alongside the iPhone, um, and then there was this long period before we got information about um, developing for it, so people could kind of developers could think about what they even wanted to build in the first place and to get familiarized with this concept. Now, this is such a high level uh, concept to even get your head around as a developer as to is this even a platform you want to engage in and why and what do you have access to with things like iris scanning, for example. You know, it's not just like they can say, oh, by the way, there's an iris scanning API. There's a, there's a lot more that they, have got to, uh, that they have got to explain. And obviously, with a new version of ARKit, I mean, in previous years, they've devoted a whole five, 10 minutes of the keynote just for ARKit. Well, that would be a whole other segment of it. So it just seems like so much to fit into a small uh, amount of time. And possibly, I wonder if the developer aspect will actually come later. Um, I mean, this is pure speculation, but it makes me wonder, maybe there will be no developer aspect for the headset at WWDC. The more I'm talking about it, that's sort of what I'm leaning toward, that we get it as a one more thing, like the HomePod was, when was that, in 2017 at WWDC, something like that. Yeah. Um, And then maybe uh, a few months down the line, they have another event just for developers, just for the headset. And we just move the time ahead. Yeah, but that would push the release then, what, to next year? It may not have to be next year, um, but it, it would be pushing it out. I think at this point, it's hard to see how it won't be September or later, really. Do you think Apple could release this without third-party apps? Like, like think of the iPhone. The iPhone didn't really have a whole lot of third-party apps. Well, even the Apple Watch, when you go back and watch that right. unveiling, um, all of the apps you see in that unveiling are mock-ups they're not real and many of them were never released like it has loads of um mobile games uh, that were popular at the time and it shows you a version of it playing on the watch in the videos and they never came out um and when you even even other stuff that did come out like i don't know the starbucks app or something it just looked nothing like what they were unveiling and now i don't know how many third-party apps you use on your apple watch but certainly i don't use very many and i don't i'm not reliant on them on the watch um, the watch isn't the, the apps used mainly on the watch are first party apps. And if you couldn't have any third party apps on the watch, um, I don't think it would make an enormous difference for a short period of time. And possibly the headset, if you get Apple TV, if you get messages, if you get some productivity apps, just to dip your 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 feet in the water a little bit. Um, and then the apps come, you know, within the following months. Yeah, I mean, that's the more I'm thinking about it, the more I feel like that could be the route that they go down. Because I mean, you probably don't need third-party apps right off the bat to just get an idea of what this is like. And again, this isn't going to be for mass population yet. So the people that will buy it will most likely be understanding of that. Um, so yeah, that's 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 the that's where we're at with the uh, with the headset. We are delayed another two months. Uh, we are also delayed uh, with the 27-inch mini LED display. 
Uh, now it's just kind of up in the air as to when that's coming. And that's a big disappointment because I was hoping for a pretty decent bump in that studio display, getting it to match the MacBook. I mean, it's not far off in terms of like the quality, you know, obviously you've got that nice retina display, but like getting mini LED uh, with hopefully less blooming <laughs> and then getting 120 hertz would be nice. I know that that's a whole other thing and how it can support ProMotion on a display that large over Thunderbolt and all that, but uh, do you have any any thoughts on this delay that we're now experiencing? I think it's probably to do with Mac Pro. I think that Mac Pro needs a new display to show off alongside, um, and maybe it's just it's just hand in hand with that. Um, but also, there's there's production issues with making a milli LED display this large, yeah, and uh, you know actually uh, producing the numbers that they require. And this is something we've heard about for as long as even the stu- before we even knew about the studio display, we knew that there was this other larger mini LED device so it's been in the works for a very very long time at this point um, I, I hope it's sooner rather than later uh, i really i held off on buying the studio display because yeah. i wanted mini led <laughs> now you might and be i hold you know, it this weight longer. is uh you know i've got the lg ultra fine and i'm still waiting and it's a uh, it's a painful wait i saw one of our glorious com- uh, uh forum users commented that this launch will happen approximately 15 days after finally giving up and waiting to buy a current model which of yeah. course is is just past the two week return window. Uh, that would be a real bummer. I do think Apple is pretty good with, uh, like, if it's within like a month, I think they'll let you. Maybe they might extend that return um, if a new product comes out. I've had that personally happen to me, but uh, I don't know if that's something that everyone gets. If the person was just kind of feeling nice to me and helping me out. Um, or, or if that was something that they do. I, I feel like they do it for, for most people. This episode of The Mac Rumor Show is sponsored by Magic Spoon. You know, growing up, cereal was one of the best parts of being a kid. But as I got older, I had to watch out for sugar and empty carbs. Magic Spoon has the amazing flavors that you love, but high in protein and less sugar. Now, I have the variety pack. So there are four flavors, and those are cocoa, fruity, frosted, and peanut butter. This pack has zero grams of sugar, 13 to 14 grams of protein, and four to five net grams of carbs. Only 140 calories a serving. And again, it's high in protein, has zero grams of sugar. It's keto-friendly, gluten-free, grain-free, and soy-free. And honestly, of the four flavors that I had in the variety pack, I love them all, and I'm not just saying that. I really do like them all. There's not a bad one in the bunch. But I think my two favorite ones, if I had to pick, and this is tough because I really liked the cocoa and the fruity, but peanut butter is so good as well. So I feel like it's like a tie with cocoa and peanut butter being 1A, 1B, and fruity, honestly, tasting incredible as well. And those are my favorite ones. But if you go to magicspoon.com slash Mac, you can grab a variety pack of your own and try it today. And be sure to use our promo code MAC, that's M-A-C, at checkout to save $5 off your order. And Magic Spoon is so confident in their product, it's backed with a 100% happiness guarantee. So if you don't like it for any reason, they'll refund you your money. No questions asked. Remember, get your next delicious bowl of high-protein cereal at magicspoon.com slash Mac and use the code MAC to save Save $5 off. 
And thank you to Magic Spoon for sponsoring this episode. Do you think it'll stay at fifteen ninety nine? I mean, it can't, right? Well, no. This will be a an, an additional display. This will sit above the studio display. Oh, so, so okay. So the studio slave display, you think, is still going to get offered? Because sometimes they do that, yeah. where they 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 just replace, and it's like, well, here's a more expensive model. It's got better features. We don't need that other one. So, I think that they still need that sort of entry level dis- external display for even just things like the Mac Mini. I mean, it's hard to call it entry level because it is yeah, eye watering. Fifteen ninety nine. Do you think it comes for down? An entry level display. Uh, I'd like 12? to think it would. I think it would make sense for it to come down a little bit. I mean, it's an old iMac panel, effectively. It's just oh. a 27-inch like LCD iMac panel from, what, 10 years ago? It's, it's not a, a, a modern that's, display tech. So. That's a good, good segue into our next topic. Uh, quick, yes. quick topic. The iMac is going to get skipped this year. So it's not really delayed. It's just not going to happen this year. Um, looking well, not at, with M2. Well, not with M2. Uh, with M3, but I mean, when do you expect an M3 launch? This year. It's going to be this year. You think year it's going to be this year? Is, and I'll tell you why. Because although TSMC, which is Apple's chip supplier, has been uh, in trial production of the three nanometer tech, um, uh, chip fabrication technology since I think it was the end of last year, that doesn't seem to have ramped up sufficiently yet for them to be able to provide chips on the scale that Apple will require. But we are expecting the A17 Bionic in the Pro model iPhones this year to have that chip, which will be based on three nanometer. So the M3, which will basically be an A17, it will be a slightly scaled up A17, will be ready this year because those iPhones will be ready. And so we should have M3 chips by the end of the year, M2 was a bit of a stopgap um, because they, that is based on the second generation five nanometer, not even the third generation, which Apple is sort of cheekily calling four nanometer. So in the uh, iPhone 14. So I'm confused on the timeline. Does, is is Apple going to be consistent, or are they just kind of doing whatever they want with these chips? Because like usually we found out about M1. Oh God, I can't even remember. Didn't we find out about that at WWDC, or did it have its own event? I think that it, it was alongside. They didn't announce what the chip was uh, until they actually unveiled the first three Macs to have it in November 2020. That's right. Okay, but M2 came out in in in, in mid year. Um, yes, and that was WWDC. Yeah, that was the MacBook Air and yeah, the MacBook Pro. and the MacBook Pro. So, because I okay, man, I, it kind of just feels like they do whatever they want here with. Uh, I think it's supply chain issues. I don't think that this is what they wanted to do the whole time with Apple Silicon. I think they did want it to be like the iPhone, where just every year, every September, they all get new chips. So every summer we hear about the new chip. Yeah, maybe. But effectively, just once a year, there would be some sort of product line-wide chip bump. But I think that then, obviously, the pandemic happened. There were huge issues in Apple's supply chain. Um, and TSMC just could not ch- make chips fast enough for Apple, even though Apple did better than many other companies and secured those orders because it was the biggest client. They, they, there were so many issues in the supply chain, and even just in terms of Apple's chip team having to work remotely for that period yeah. of time, it set back the time frame for Apple Silicon as a whole. 
And it's quite possible that they've thought, well, we need to prioritize certain devices. We want to prioritize giving the M2 to the MacBook Air, the entry-level MacBook Pro, and the iPad Pro, but we'll leave the iMac out this year, and we'll wait until we can give that a bigger jump with M M3. I don't think that M2 was originally what they even wanted to do, because M2 is based on the same chip technology as M1. M1 and M2 are very, very similar. They've just sort of moved some things around on the chip. It's actually well, not more advanced chip technology. I mean, Apple could and should just kind of treat their own silicon as like you know every couple of years it's a major update but like every year they could like like what intel does every year there's a new intel chip and is it that much better than the last one probably not uh and it's not necessarily meant for people to do yearly upgrades i mean you absolutely shouldn't be yearly upgrading your machines anyways um so i mean that's why i think it's a little strange that the M1's just going to get at least, what, two years? Two years? Or is it going to be three years? Two years. It was, it was 2021. 2021. 2021. Yeah, yeah, so it'll get two years. So it's a long time. Yeah, it is a long time. I just feel like it gets... Why does the iMac get neglected so much? It was like a staple machine from the company in years, you know? And then they finally brought it back with the cool colors. And then it's just neglected again. Well, the same goes for the Mac Studio. I mean, these the Mac wow. Studio and the iMac were really impressive devices when they were introduced. They were these radically different um, devices in the lineup. Taking, taking oh, you, mean the Mac, line, you mean the Mac Pro? The Mac Studio um, and the iMac, because they're both now going to just be basically abandoned for quite some time. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, so I think that's just, it's a bit of a shame, really. It would be, it would be so nice to have seen uh, the... Mac Studio get M2 Max and M2 Ultra. M2 Ultra doesn't need development. M2 Ultra is just two M2 Max chips glued together. Yeah. There is no reason not to give it to the Mac Pro, to I the mean, Mac Studio. That's true, but there's the, this doesn't surprise me with Apple's like higher, higher, higher end machines, like Mac Pro 2013. I mean, when and then it went how many years until an upgrade? Eight, six no, years, six, 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 six. yeah. So I mean, from 2013 to 2019, it got it did get like a couple of refreshes. I know at least one with some spec bumps, but like it didn't like nothing changed. It just nothing inserted newer newer hardware. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, but that was because the Mac Pro that Mac Pro was engineered around components from other companies, like the graphics cards. They sort of they believed that the future was these dual graphics cards. Yeah. in those sorts of configurations but the industry just didn't go that way so there weren't the the options available for them to put into the machine the same goes for obviously relying on intel they were relying on chips that would be suitable for the the device and and the thermals of that device as well and it just wasn't the the direction things went in whereas now it's sort of hard to justify like the mac studio is there it's it's waiting for those chips the imac is exactly the same i mean the ipad pro is more powerful than the imac which is hard to justify. <laughs> uh, I still love the iMac. I still love the way it looks. Uh, some of the colors are questionable, yeah. um, but I love the way it looks. I I really, I really think they should bring this design to more things too. I don't know. I like that white bezel. I think it got a lot of flack at the beginning of the, uh, you know, of its launch. But uh, do you think anything's going to change with the design, or do you think it's going to stay the same, and just get well, maybe I, some new colors? The 24-inch model I don't think will change because this is still too soon for a redesign. 
But instead, I think this will be the year when we do get a pro iMac and that will be what the emphasis is on. And that's where iMac development has vanished to. That's that's what they're doing. Now I'm not going to get go down the rabbit hole of naming, but do you think it's going to be iMac Pro or is it just going to be 27-inch iMac, but it'll have the understanding that it's beefier specs, bigger, more expensive, so it should be more towards the pros? Because I know that name, man, We, I was making videos about an iMac Pro coming for the last two years, and there was a lot of talk about that at the time. Like The name might not be called an iMac Pro, but what do you think? I'm almost certain it will be iMac Pro. Okay, because good, this I like machine, that. it will look different. When, when we think about the old Intel iMacs, and you had, what was it, 21 and a half inches and 27 inches, they looked the same. They had the same design. Um, and to people that enter the Apple Store, they basically, you're just, you're just picking a size. I know there was a big performance difference, but people were not really aware of that. If you told me I get an Intel i5 or an, an Intel i7, and I can choose between those two chips in either. They, they, they seem to be the same. Whereas in this instance, where you get the, the mean dark color options on one and the fun color options on the other, and then you get the M3 chips and then the M3 Max on the other, it's a lot clearer to consumers. And I think that will justify a, a, a pro naming, especially if even things like the display technology are different. I mean, those, those older iMacs, it was just a 4K LCD or a 5K LCD. But yeah. the pixel density was basically the same. Whereas... Now, if it gets mini LED, even that technology will be completely different. ProMotion, there will there, there's a lot of scope for them to really separate that high level iMac. So I think that's quite exciting, and that's why the 24 inch iMac will just get M3, which will still be a really good upgrade for that that device. I mean, M3 is a is a big deal with three nanometer. It's interesting that they're going to choose that to 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 kind of not launch with, but kind of i guess it might be the launch of it i i'm still not convinced that's why i said at the beginning uh but i guess i should clarify it's rumored to still come at 2023 but that's like at the earliest i still feel like it's gonna get pushed but that's just yeah me. it could do I, yeah, I, early 2024 I, I, I yeah that's why i was very definitive in when i said that but i should take a step back and make sure i clarify that that's at the earliest it would be 2023 later on in 2023 but personally i just feel like it's not going to happen um, one thing, and the last little mini topic we have before we get into our main story, uh, is the iPhone 15. This is what I don't want to happen, but it's going to happen, it seems like. Uh, the iPhone 15 and the USB-C port, Apple's basically going to, what, make its own little MFI version of USB-C so that it yep. can sell its... Uh, I mean, I, I understand the reasons behind why MF, MFI works in the first place, uh, you know, how many times have we seen people in in stories come out where they use the wrong type of lightning cable, something cheap from not around here, and just it catches on fire, and it's a hazard, and it ruins your battery, and blah, blah, blah. But at the same time, it's also definitely a way for Apple to just be like, you have to buy our cables, and here they are at $55, or, you know, and you can, yeah, you can get one online, or you probably already have a million USB-C cables that's not going to work as well. We don't think you should use it. I and just... it's strange because they don't do this on the iPad. So the iPad, which, I mean, every iPad model now, uh, except for the, the entry-level model, which is a, you know, it's an older model. It's not the latest model um, for that product line. They all have USB-C now, and none of them have this. So they haven't made this change yet. And they also haven't done it with the Mac. So if you have a USB-C cable that works fine for charging your iPad, that will not 
be fine for your iPhone, or at least it will charge it, but you will get a warning saying that uh, the accessory is not supported. Yeah. And then there's also the fact that you bear in mind that the uh, standard iPhone 15 models are going to be limited to USB 2.0 speeds, which is the same as Lightning. So all you are getting really definitely that is different is just the shape of the connector. Yeah. So, I mean, how, how like, credible is this rumor? Because I'm a little skeptical of it, uh, just a little bit. And the iPad is the reason yeah, why, so- honestly, because they're not doing that with the iPad. And so literally anyone can call them out and be like, why, why do we need to do this when you're not doing this with the iPad? Now, I understand that there is going to be two different USB-C models there, but uh, which ones have Thunderbolt now on the iPad? Definitely the Pro, and that's it. Just the Pro. Right. Yeah. So, again, why are we going to do this? It's obviously working out just fine for those who have an iPad Air uh, versus an iPad Pro, and we don't need, I don't know. I understand, like I said at the beginning of this, like I understand why you'd want to regulate for safety concerns and, and just not getting cheap cables that could ruin your product or potentially catch on fire um, in extreme cases. But at the same time, I just feel like this is unnecessary limitations. And I feel like it's almost out of spite. They're like, you're going to make us change to USB-C. Well, we're going to make it as difficult as possible, but I don't know. Well, I, I think that the difference between the iPhone and the iPad in this context is USB-C on the iPad was always kind of an experiment when it started. When that first came sure. to the iPad Pro, that was a big deal. And the iPad sells nowhere near the numbers that the iPhone sells in. I mean, the iPhone, is a they, they sell millions of those units. The right. iPad is nothing like that. Um, and people hold on to their iPad for seven years before they upgrade it, the average person, whereas phones are pretty concretely 48 months. Um, and I suppose Apple is looking at that market and thinking, we now need to engineer the chips to go in these cables to go in these accessories and to go obviously in the device um, now is the time and i would bet that the next set of ipads will also have this it's like now the research and development to do this is justified in a way that it it, it hasn't been well, so sure. far yeah there's just not as many devices with USB-C being sold that they care about but when the iphone gets yeah. it their flagship product like yeah i mean i understand why they're choosing now i just don't see why we need to do this but i will wait for them to tell me why i mean i don't use a lot of like i personally just try to find as many of the regular standard iphone cables that or from just trusted companies uh that we've worked with but i don't dive outside of that i will not buy a you know like a walgreens uh or any kind of drug mart that you have near you um or any kind of convenience store where you could just buy off the shelf those cheap little cables. I do not personally trust those. I guess if you're in a pinch, it's going to be fine, but uh, I don't know. Just I something. think it's a seal of quality, though. Yeah. It, you know, you, people, people do like to know when it's a proper authenticated cable. And I, and I know that they don't have to like build that into the hardware of the device, but it is useful for preventing counterfeits and preventing your cheap quality cables because it reflects badly on apple ultimately if your if your cable sat, sets on fire even if it's not anything to do with apple it's still an apple device so apple sort of wants to guarantee the experience from beginning to end and at least be able to say well you know this accessory isn't supported we did warn you 
I feel like Apple really had no business doing that in the beginning, though, when the cables itself were horrific and they were, un, you know, like at the right. base. I mean, right. now they're made. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> now they're made. Now they're made with like threaded cable, and it's really nice. And like, I have no issue. But like, man, I used, I remember back in you know at least over like ten years ago, my cables were horrible, and I, you could see the wire fraying. And I'm like, I'm still going to use this. <laughs> yeah, fair point. Fair point. But I don't know. Okay, well, you know, something to monitor there. Um, and our main topic today, uh, much of, you know, how many times, are you sick of hearing the words or the word AI or the letters AI? Are you are you sick of hearing that? Because it's everywhere. I'm sick of it. Yeah, and people are all just, just like generalizing AI in things that are not necessarily like AI. And I'm like, I don't, I don't think you guys really know what this means, but... Uh, I'm not an expert by any means, uh, and apparently Apple is holding an event this week, but it's not for the public. It's for its own employees, which is interesting because it's being held like an actual event for the public, like pre-COVID days. It's going to be at the Steve Jobs Theater. Uh, They'll live stream it for those who do not work in that area and couldn't come out. Like, that's kind of cool, but also... Why can't we find out what they're talking about? <laughs> I want to know. I want to know. I want to see this event. I would watch it. Well, I bet it's fairly high level, sure. as in fairly superficial. Um, they're, yeah. they're not going to delve too deep into the, they're going to build, I don't know, serious AI tools into Siri or whatever they want to do. They're, they're instead just going to be talking maybe about the technologies they want to use that to confirm to their employees that they are committed to this, how, how they see AI uh, can play a role in what developers are building. Um, it's going to be a little bit, it's going to be like WWDC, you know, State of the Union kind of thing. Um, well, so that should be, you know, it's an interesting indication that they are, they are doing something. Yeah. Um, even if they're a little bit behind, basically, or at least it seems to be. But Apple is never a first mover. So you kind of have to bear that in mind. True. And this is coming now after Microsoft released its Bing search that has AI capabilities, basically like ChatGPT, uh, basically built into that whole search, you know, that new search platform um, or the revamped search platform. And then uh, uh, Google has Bard, which I don't know too much about, so I don't want to like... But I'm, I'm guessing it's it's along the same lines where you can just have uh, more conversational dialogue with chats instead of just like getting a bunch of search results you can type in it's going to give you digestible bits to kind of like be able to understand the topic a little bit more rather than like hey here's a whole list of options some of them might be credible figure it out for yourself so i kind of like that and that really could lead to some huge improvements with the ai that lives on your phone i.e siri or if you have an android device you can use google assistant or if you use Bixby, if you're the three people out there that uses Samsung's Bixby, uh, then you know this this could all make its way out to to those assistants, to the voice assistants. Is it fair to call them AI? I think it's fair to call them that. I mean, it is kind of. If we're just going to generalize AI like we are with everything else, I, I it's not it's not true it's not. AI. I mean, some <laughs> of the way that it's it's. It's not it's not learning from from models on mass in the same way, um, and I think what worries me about Apple's approach is they were a bit of a first mover with Siri um, as a as a voice assistant, 
And they really did sort of pioneer that. When that was unveiled with the iPhone 4S, people really thought this was the future. Um, and it really did seem very impressive. But it, it's become clear, obviously, that Siri is not that at all. And it's been far <laughs> overtaken by competitors. And if Apple isn't in this space yet, and they are not training anything with millions of, of users either, um, because they're just not having the, 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 those numbers of requests, and they're not going to be buying uh, chat GPT or whatever other service. So where are they getting the data from to train their models? And that's where it starts to get a little bit worrying because the AI needs to be perfected. It needs to learn based on user interaction. And that isn't really Apple's style. And when they could have done that with Siri, you know, one of the reasons why Alexa is a better voice assistant is because ultimately Amazon was recording everything and sending it to servers and then <laughs> analyzing it and listening to all your audio. So it was a privacy disaster. But, but it was really good at you know, helping you out. It <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was, it was way better. Yeah. So if they don't do that with AI, it's it's hard to see how they will be able to get a foothold and where AI is moving so fast as well. I mean, voice assistants have moved fairly slowly, but the the sort of rate of um, progress with AI, I believe, it sort of doubles in its um, uh, in its complexity every six months now, which is a an, a huge. Uh, a huge scope for what this this concurrently do, what it could do six months ago, and what it could do six months from now. And if Apple is not there, and if Apple does not move into this in a, in a year, a year and a half, where does that leave their their competitive advantage? Well, if they're having, so, a, like, I suppose that's where it's a little worrying to me. Was, if they're having a conversation about this and having an employee event, I'm guessing they're taking it seriously. So, I'm assuming there's someone already probably there that's working on some sort of chatbot style thing, right? Or they've at least had conversations. Do you think that they, they, they would make their own? And then, I mean, there's a couple of places, obviously Siri would be the most like obvious one that comes to mind, but like spotlight search would be really cool if we can, you know, kind of incorporate some of these new fads that we're seeing with, with the chatbots and, you know, chat GPT and all that, like being able to have a conversation with spotlight, um, maybe extend it further into being like, hey, what's the air quality in my house? And what are the next steps to fix it? And, and, and then learning on, you know, having it learn your, your, your whole situation that you got going on and being able to give you that information would be pretty cool. I don't know. I don't, I, I again, this is not my area. Um, I don't know how much you've gone into, but. Well, I think that I'd like to believe, what I'd like to believe in an ideal world is that Apple launches its own search engine. We know they've been working on one for many years and that this is the sort of technology that they put at the heart of it, that it's a, a new way of conceiving search and it's a, it's a way of finally kicking Google off their devices. I'd like that's to believe that's what they're doing so and that hard. they link that into <laughs> Spotlight and Siri and it, it offers something that is a true ecosystem search and sort of chat engine and it's it's uniquely generative in a way that nothing has been on apple devices what i actually think they'll do though is this will just start with things like trends in health and it will start with like suggestions in the app store and it will start with boring stuff that people really are not that excited about and it will be to sort of 
filter in AI in lots of little places. So at WWDC, they can say, oh, well, we've got this new uh, machine learning driven tool in the in the health app uh, to leverage uh, HealthKit. Or in the home app, we are now leveraging more machine learning to suggest scenes. And it sort of filters into what we hear from them. But it's more like an ecosystem-wide thing than here is our AI product. And that's ultimately because Apple doesn't need AI. You know, there is no risk of uh, Microsoft or Google just you know taking over the world in the way that Apple has because they just don't have the hardware, ultimately. Apple is a hardware business, ultimately, and that's what people go out to spend thousands of dollars on. Whether it has AI on it or not does not make that the central reason that you buy that device. And Apple has that advantage at least for a good while longer. So I think that's that's where I am with it. Man, getting rid of Google on iPhones, like being the default search. I mean, obviously, I'm guessing yeah. they're not going to just ban Google. You can you could download the Google app. Yeah. You can you could go to Google.com. Like, there's going to be a ways. But like, getting rid of that as the default search engine, that's that's a bold move. <laughs> uh, well, they could even put Bing instead. Bing well, could outbid. Couldn't you? Google. I mean. Oh, wait, I guess you can't. Can you still do that? I, I've, I've not looked into that in forever, but couldn't you? Uh, you used to be able to change which ones you wanted. You could still do that. Yeah, you can change or do, you can change uh, your your preferred search engine to, to basically just, whatever you like. It just defaults um, to Google out of the box because that's the whole agreement. Yeah, and that's what Google pays uh, 15, I think it's about $15 yeah. billion dollars for I was just, a year. I was just going to look that up. And, also, uh, yeah, what's the incentive for Google to pay that anymore? If the like, that's a lot of money to lose just because you're developing your own search engine. Uh, that's a bold move. I don't know, and that's why they have to be really sure that it works well. And mm-hmm. I would not be surprised if one of the headlines we see over the next year is uh, Microsoft tries to outbid Google to get Bing as the default, because if Bing really goes there now with AI. And they want to push that to a, an audience that would otherwise be completely inaccessible and really put um, their vision of how the future of search can be on ordinary people's devices that maybe have heard about AI and just have, have never don't even know how to interact with one of these chatbots or what it could do for them. If they want to put a big, massive button there that just lets you do that straight away and Bing thinks that's worth the money, um, or Microsoft thinks it's worth the money, I mean, they, then they, they could certainly try have enough money to do it. To try and do it, that'll be interesting. And Apple's just going to reap all the benefits because that's what they do. Well, I um, well, they reap it for now, but it's just a question of how long can they not have a foothold in this space. Well, and that's where I, I would like to know the, the 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 other side of it. Like, you're getting fifteen billion dollars a year <laughs> to just not have a foothold in this space but to provide other people's like is is the 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 benefit at the in the long run that much better than 15 billion dollars a year i mean potentially 20 billion if they get into a bidding war with bing like you 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 could develop your own search engine and i'm sure there's plenty of benefits that i'm just not thinking about right now as to why apple would want to do that but like or you could just not do anything <laughs> and still make 15 to 20 billion dollars a year from depending on whoever decides to bid on this right now you're making it at minimum 15. i think it's because google is basically apple's main rival and is the one that has the potential to rival apple the most going forward 
Microsoft sure. is less of a direct threat, but Google has more of a foothold in the hardware business. And obviously it is much stronger in terms of software because of Android, um, because of what it what it does with technologies like Chrome. And obviously now moving into AI, it is formidable and it, it does have a capacity theoretically yeah. to unseat Apple in a way that no other company can. And so if Apple thought that they could hit Google where it hurts and where it hurts Google is advertising. So in the yeah. same way it did it to Facebook, if it could do it to Google with search and just take away all of that revenue, then Apple would make a lot of that money, that 15 billion back with its own advertising. And then when you bear in mind how that could train its own AI models and basically you not, I wouldn't say kill its main rival, but cause its main rival a serious headache, uh, that, that may well be a calculation that's worthwhile, especially if these AI tools become a lot more platform centric. You know, if we see experiences um, in Android, say next year or the year after, where AI is really at the forefront of interaction with the device um, and it's right there on your on your home screen and you are encouraged to interact with it and it can provide you with in tools intuitively throughout the day. It has context of what you're doing in a way that just Siri has never been able to go near. Then Apple may be more encouraged to go about this in an aggressive way. And it should be able to, right? Because it's got um, local processing Ooh. with, with, Hopefully with an enormous advantage. I'm just worried. I'm just worried that it wouldn't be as good. <laughs> That's going to be, I don't know. I, have you, um, have you like used any AI tools in the sense of like what we're talking about here with like a chatbot kind of thing, uh, or or even just any kind of like Notion is the thing that comes to mind where I've used it in a like actually productive way. Um, Notion has its own little built-in AI set of features now. And one of the things that's really cool is that, like, and you can do this with ChatGPT if you wanted to. You can um, basically have you summarize things. Like, so for, for my real-world use, I wrote a script out in Notion about a video. And then I asked it to summarize it, and it gave me a, like, social video, basically, in a nutshell. Just here's your summary of, you know, if I did a, for example, iPhone 15, I typed out my review. I can have it summarize that in seconds and now i have a quick little social video that i can make scripted out and i don't like those are like really helpful ways already that i'm seeing uh for things like that and then like analyzing your schedule and and, and figuring out what's important for you for your day and and kind of taking your tasks that you might have and being able to uh kind of pick and choose based off of what you're doing on a daily basis the more it learns obviously it it adapts to your trends and your history and it can adjust things that way have you like come across anything where it's helpful for you in your day-to-day -day life or is there something that you're looking for that you would want it to do well i, I would really be interested in some of those more productivity oriented yeah. tools that, that you mentioned you know i would love something that could analyze my schedule um, move things around on my calendar automatically uh, look through my tasks, prioritize things for me. That would where that that's where things could be really interesting. But at a higher level, I suppose if it could read vast quantities of information, you know, for example, we write um, at Mac Rumors articles now and again about patents, and patent filings are really long. You know, they could be maybe up to about ten thousand words. And while they do have little summary segments to really get into the the detail of it, it would be helpful if that could be. Summarize, summarize, summarize it absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that it, it's you know it's not going to write the article for no. me. I don't think that AI is is ready 
for that yet. Um, I, as, as good as it is as it is at writing, its inability to understand context uh, means I think a lot of uh, people in in my line of work are still okay uh, for a good while longer. For now. But summarizing um, and providing eps- excerpts or um, even just like headline ideas. Sometimes you know, at Mac Rumors, we we have an article and it's just a really a really tricky headline. You, the article's there and it's perfect, but just to come up with the the perfect headline is really difficult. And I would love it if I could say, well, here's my article. Um, generate me ten headline ideas. How would you foresee this working with Siri and 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 how it would be on our iPhones? I think it goes back to that local processing uh, yeah. step. I think it was an enormous step in the right direction. And one of the biggest upgrades to Siri, which everyone's sort of forgotten about and doesn't care about, which is the fact that Siri is locally processed now. I can't remember when that was. Was it last year, the year before, or the year before that? But it was, I it feel was like a it's fairly been a few years recent now. development. Yeah. Um, and prior to that point, every Siri request had to be sent to an Apple server, be processed, and then be sent back to your device. So if you had a slow internet connection, it could be a long time. And even if you were controlling like something in your smart home, that, that could be a very long time before you get it to turn your lights off or something really basic where it would really annoy you. And people forget this was the main issue with Siri. And of course, all of these devices have powerful um, chips in, so they should be able to process this stuff locally. And of course, that's what Apple eventually did. So even now on the HomePod, the reason why the HomePod is infinitely faster with the new one compared to the original when the original first came out is because now it's using that S7 chip to process that entirely locally. Nothing is being sent to Apple in that transaction. And then you bear in mind that on these Apple Silicon chips, they have got the neural engine. The amount of times we get told about the neural engine, why we should care about the neural engine, everyone rolls their eyes when they say, oh yes, the neural engine this year has however many trillion operations faster. And everyone just cares about the, the basic stuff like how many you know CPU cores the chip right. has. But this is where the neural engine will really come into its own because this is seriously, already seriously powerful hardware that the competitors don't have locally. And things like ChatGPT will always need you to use a server um, and connect to it remotely. And there'll be a certain delay with responses. You can get overwhelmed with requests as well. I mean, I'm sure many of us who have used these tools can see that they lock us out sometimes because mm. it's it's got too many people trying to use it at once. Whereas if it's your personal AI process locally, which obviously has privacy advantages as well, yeah, that is a different direction where I think it makes sense for Apple to be. And that's why it's just a bit of a shame if they don't get into this sooner because the hardware is there. The, the neural engine is already ridiculously powerful locally. So that, that that is something where there is a lot of potential, I feel. Yeah, I agree. I, I'm just trying to think of like, and that is all good, but like, what other? So, do you think Siri would be able to? Obviously, it's going to process even faster. But then, would it give you suggestions on like, hey, based off of what you've been doing, like, I know that you'd probably want to turn on music and I don't know, set your smart stove. We're looking into the future here. I'm just making up products, but like, doing things based off of that, or is it still? I don't know. I don't want to be super negative, but Siri is not good. <laughs> it's like, it should, in theory, bump up Siri to be better. I think that the worry that Apple will have is they like you to, and this is part of the reason why I think they haven't done a search engine so far, is they want you to receive 
a certain kind of experience when you use their products and services. So they want you to feel that the what is being served to you has been curated in some way. Now, generative AI, while they can put certain limits on it, I mean, there's certainly things you can ask ChatGPT to do, and it, it will say that, that is, it's, it's not allowed to do it. I think Apple would want to exercise even more control over what it can and can't do, what sort of responses you're able to get out of it, because Apple doesn't want you to be able to find the sort of a rogue question you can ask it and you can get some horrific response from it <laughs> because it's just bad PR and it doesn't feel very Apple. And I think that they will want it to be a little bit more of a, a walled garden experience. And that's maybe why they will hold it back a little bit more than it should be. Makes sense. <sighs> what about uh, what about in other areas of like the hardware and the software? So like thinking about an iPhone, uh, a lot of the things that people you know, a lot of the AI stuff online uh, that we can use come to mind filters like TikTok filters, Instagram filters. Uh, I mean, that could have improvements on your photos, uh, being able to analyze the pictures that you're taking and, and maybe apply some sort of stylistic. I mean, I know we can do like the, the photography. What are they called? The photo styles? Is that what it is? I can't remember the photographic name. styles. Yeah, that's what I thought. OK, photographic styles on your iPhone. Um, and like maybe improve that a little bit more. I don't know if they're going to go crazy into like some of the AI filters that you get on TikTok where you basically make yourself into It always makes me not <laughs> it always just makes me not a Caucasian from the United States. <laughs> it always it always paints me in a different it makes me a different race and I don't understand why. Uh, which is fine. I mean, it's cool to look at yourself in a different light, but I uh, I don't know. It just Apple's never not makes. Be going near that. What's that? Apple's not going to be going near that. That's yeah. I mean, <laughs> I'm just trying to think of different things that people would want, but no, they're yeah. not going near that. But you know, being able to improve photo quality. Yeah, and and even in something like uh, it would be great to see Final Cut Pro get a little bit of love and do yeah. some do some things with uh, uh, AI video editing and at a high level, at a professional level, that's that's where it could be really interesting and. Actually, one one other area very similar would be Logic Pro. Yeah. And last year, the one move that is quite recent that we're aware that Apple has made with AI is they bought an AI music startup last year. And this startup um, specialized in, you could sort of tell it what sort of music you wanted it to play, and it could it could generate that. Um, and it was, it was obviously good enough for Apple to acquire this company. So they are interested in generative AI, at least in the space of music be great in Apple Music if you could say, play me some background music that I like, and it's unique to your taste. So it's using that Apple Music algorithm, which obviously isn't that great. But if, it, if that went to improve Apple, Apple Music's algorithm, and then it could sort of use what, you, what it knows about what you like, and then just create new songs. Like that, yeah. if that was where they started to well, show like what they could create do, completely that would be a generated good AI songs. Yeah, I mean, that would be really interesting. You could okay. say to it, I, you know, create me, create me completely new content. And if that was the, if they said, well, we're not doing it with search, or, you know, if, they, if at WWDC they don't show you search, they don't show you a chatbot, but it's something like that with music where you're not really, you can't really game it too much to get a sort of a negative response from it, but yeah. you can maybe just, you know, get some interesting auto-generated music for your workout, or you know, they show you with Fitness Plus, maybe they they do it there, so your soundtrack to the workout will match the the pace of the workout 
and the music will be the right BPM yeah. for <laughs> the what they're doing, but it's also generated for your tastes. The idea of an auto-generated song is hilarious to me. I mean, obviously those would probably be non-vocals, but like, just imagine if there's a full-on just song it band. Can be. It could be. Well, with, it could be. With it vocals. could be, but like, oh. There's so many, and then uh, this is a whole other topic. You, you can look it up. You know, you can type in like AI generated. Oh yeah, I've... I don't know, like a, a song from the Beatles that is just AI generated, and there's, <laughs> they're, they're they're sort of like nonsense words, but it it does sound like what it's supposed right. to sound like. It's terrifying. It's terrifying. Like you know, some of the the AI generated images that we've seen, uh, where you just type in, you know, we've this has been for months now that we've been able to do this, and you, you get some pretty horrific, like looking. So yeah, obviously Apple's gonna want to avoid that. But like with music, I have not done that. But I know you can. I just haven't done it. But like it just makes me laugh thinking about getting a hey, horrific sounding song <laughs> because of what yeah, you type well, in. That's not gonna help Apple Music's reputation. No. At this point. But also like but how Apple does that work with copyright? Well, yeah, that's the issue as well. Is obviously generative AI is you is already getting into trouble for using artists. Right. Um, images. So I, I assume that Apple maybe has seen something in this company that can avoid that in whatever it is doing with its algorithm to be able to avoid copywritten content. I mean, not so, to get not to get too off topic. It's not, but like it's just not even Apple. But thinking about the other ways you can get generated music now, I mean, what's to stop me from taking generated instrumental music and putting my own vocals on it and being like, here you go, here's my own personal song. I made this. And, uh, and making money off of that. I have not, and uh, if someone knows the answer and you're yelling at me saying that there's this protection behind it, I, I don't know. I have not gone into that um, into that uh, too much, but I don't know. There's, a, there's, yeah, there's I feel like there's some issues there with copyright. Yeah. It probably would be fingerprinted in some way and in, in the terms and conditions that no one reads for these services, it will have that anything generated by it belongs to watermark. the company. How yeah. many times have you know how many times I've seen I've caught commercials where they've used watermarked music because they couldn't purchase the license and you just hear oh, like no. audiojungle.com <laughs> in the background. I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> um Yeah. Do you uh do you have any more that you want to add to the AI conversation or do you want to we have time. We have some time to jump into our bonus topic. Yeah, let's jump into that. All right. Bonus topic, everyone. I like this format. We can kind of keep things moving. Yeah. Let us know in the comments or leave a, a, a review one way or another, whether you're liking this uh, this new format that we're doing where we're kind of just pushing through some different topics. Uh, but our bonus topic is the 15-inch MacBook Air. It kind of picked up steam a bit over the last couple of days in terms of, uh, well, it looks like it's ready and it, it could be coming in April. So I wanted to ask you this in the beginning when we were talking about um, the headset being delayed. because. A lot of the talk was like, oh, a March event, most likely April event could be when we see it. Uh, maybe the Mac Pro gets there, the new MacBook Air comes out. So do you think this event's going to happen now, or is this MacBook Air just going to get dropped via a press release? It wouldn't surprise me if it was just through press release. I think that's probably the most likely outcome. If it is literally just a 15.5-inch MacBook Air with M2, it's just the same is, MacBook Air we currently have. Which is what have, we're expecting. the largest size option, pretty yeah. much. And if that's what it is... You can do that by press release. However, if the Mac Pro is ready, um, or at least at least ready to show off, and you've got the MacBook Air, and maybe something else like Apple Classical, and maybe some new watch band colors and case colors, 
and something else, that's enough for a little hour-long event, especially if you show off Mac Pro as like the main thing. Oh, the other thing, you know, a new iPhone color. That usually oh, yeah. comes around this time of year. That would be something else. Like there sort of is enough that you could you could get away with for an event at this What's point. What's the color for this year, rumored? Or do we not know? I don't think we know. I, I don't was going to say. Um, Man, so, can we get an know, orange? Would you, would can like? we get an orange yeah. iPhone, please? <laughs> please. <laughs> I was waiting for you to say that. Please. Or like a, I don't know. I don't know. Let's get something. Green is overdone. We've done it too much. We don't yeah. need another purple. There are other colors out there besides green and purple. Let's uh, let's go crazy. You know that copper iPhone that was rumored a few years ago? Yeah. I want to see that. That would look cool. That would be really nice. Yeah. I think there's there's more they could do with their sort of gold colors. Some of their golds have been a bit disappointing. You know, the iPhone XS gold was a really nice gold. It was sort of bronzy and beige yeah. with the back glass of that device. You're fine with that. Whereas other ones have just looked like just pale, just sort of flat and lifeless. So you know, yeah, I think go for a go for a bronze one. That would be that would be really interesting, something new. So, do you think that uh, you, you think this is going to be a MacBook Air, or do you think it's going to be something different in that fifteen point five inch form factor? I think if it's something different, this product line, I just is, it's getting. It's I'm not going. I'm not. Deep. I'm not going down that. I'm not. Go, I'm not going to go <laughs> well, down yes. it. We covered that uh, extensively in, yeah. in, the, in the last episode. I apologize but, uh, to everyone who is mad at me. Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, you, you do have a point. You do have a point. And the point is this, the same now, which is if they release another MacBook su- display size and with a different set of chip options, but it's sort of half MacBook Air, half MacBook Pro, but it's not the 13-inch <laughs> MacBook Pro, oh, um, and it's not an entry level device, and it's it's this just this other thing. Not gonna talk about it. <laughs> the product line is gonna be getting messy, so that's why I think realistically we it's, are expecting it to just have M2. It's just gonna be a MacBook Air, but a little bit bigger. And which I think that's a really popular device. That I agree. I was gonna say, by the way, that would be a huge hit. I feel like I think that would be an early front runner to like laptop of the year just like i thought the macbook air last year was like the laptop to get in my opinion uh for for most people now, obviously if you have different work needs and performance needs then it's not for everyone but for most people an m2 macbook air in its current form right now 13 inches uh you know bump up bump up some things just a little bit just a little bit is my recommendation but uh i think that's a good computer for many 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 people and uh, I think the only thing that some people were missing out there are those who love big, de- you know, big devices and big screens. And so, getting that extra two inches—let's rephrase that. That's a—it's it's a good—it's a good extra size. Okay, <laughs> it makes a difference. Okay, two 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 inches makes a difference. And so, uh, it really no, it really does. Jokes aside, like it really does. Uh, it really does make a difference in screen size. And so, I, I think that. That could be a huge hit. Now, where do you think on price point? Fourteen, fifteen, ninety nine. That's tricky because it's got to be it's got to be not too much. Otherwise, it's getting into the the territory of the fourteen inch MacBook Pro, and Apple will have learned its lesson from the iPhone fourteen yeah. plus yeah. that it, it can't, so, can't be doing that. So, like yeah, fourteen ninety nine right. makes sense, right? I think that's good. Yeah, I think that would make sense. Yeah, starting yeah, if price. all you're getting is just a little bit, little bit more display area, I think that's that would be that would be justifiable. Well, you probably get I a little it's bit. Nice to see that. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say it's sort of a, it's it's a, it's a wider consolidation 
of their product lineup. So we should be pleased. If it is just branded as a MacBook Air, and then you get MacBook Air in two sizes, you get the MacBook Pro in two sizes, you get the, the Pro iPhone in two sizes, and you get the standard iPhone in two sizes. That's the direction where, if, if that's where we're going, I'm happy with that. And I'm happy with that too. And then and I will have less complaints. Just maybe we can make the names the same. I don't know. Just saying. Yeah. And then you'll just clean up the iPad lineup a little bit more. And Not getting into that done. one. Not getting into that <laughs> one. But uh, so fourteen ninety nine makes sense for me. I mean, you would be getting a little bit more battery, no? I mean, I would imagine they can squeeze in yeah. a little bit more battery life. Um, you know, you have to account for the difference in the screen size. So the bigger screen is going to drain a little bit more. Thermals Thermals could be a little bit better. Speakers could be a little bit better. Maybe. So there's going to be there. There could be some some differences, but those aren't major cosmetic differences, and 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 ultimately not going to be a reason why somebody would uh, would pick one or the other. It's going to be mostly for the display size. So Um, I would be excited for that. I would definitely be cool with that coming in April, um, for many reasons, but. I'm just happy it's not the. I'm just happy it's not going to be the headset. Yes. Yeah, I had yeah. some people tweet at me today, like, "Looks like you can go to Disney after all." Well, I was already going to go to Disney. I was just not going to be having a good time. Yeah, I don't think you will have ever been so pleased to see a, a yeah. Bloomberg report. <laughs> Thank you, Mark. I appreciate it. Not like he did anything, <laughs> but I just appreciate you making me feel better. It's it's still going to suck if there's an event because I still have to figure out a way to cover it. I just yeah. won't have to do as much work. Like I yeah, think, and it's not as, it's not as like a you know when when that headset is announced, it's going to be like everyone hands on deck. That's going to be a serious situation. Yeah. But fifteen inch MacBook Air, you know, I we could can probably wait till that. Thursday when I get home to yeah. to touch on that if it happens during that week. Um, and I don't know if I'll really be that upset that I missed out on something. But would you buy this? Realistically, probably not, right? I. If they offer an M2 Pro version of it, and there was the rumor of this at some point, although that's pretty much faded away now, it would be more interesting to me. Um, And when they give the MacBook Air OLED next year, definitely. But it's the display tech that just holds me back at this point. I don't Um, mind the display. I think it looks good. It looks good. Um, It it does look really good, but I am now used to ProMotion and I'm used to uh, Mini LED on the MacBook Pro. And I can forget ProMotion. I can sacrifice that, but I don't know if I can sacrifice the the deep blacks, especially knowing that OLED is coming next year for the MacBook Air. So I haven't got to wait that long. That'll be interesting to see. Like I said, I I saw that Samsung uh, Ultrabook that had OLED on it, and it it looks good. I, I, I do really want that in a Mac. Well, uh, that's our episode. And um, yeah, let us know in the comments if there's uh, some specific deep dive topic that you guys want us to maybe touch on in future episodes. We're, we're definitely going to stick with this format for a little bit. I, I think I really like the, the pacing and everything. So, um, And uh, you know, if you're not following our podcast on all podcast platforms or whatever one you listen to, please go ahead and do that and uh, leave us a review. We'll catch you in the next episode. A new year full of surprises. But one thing is always predictable. Postage costs go up. Stamps.com gives you crazy discounts of up to 89% off USPS and UPS services. So when postage goes up, your business will barely notice the change. Stamps.com is like your own personal post office, wherever you are. 
You can even take orders on the go with the mobile app. No lines, no traffic, no waiting. Schedule package pickups, automatically find the cheapest and fastest shipping options, and seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. There's even a supply store where you can stock up on mailing supplies, labels, even printers. Stamps.com has been indispensable for over 1 million businesses just like yours. All you need is a computer or phone and printer. Take a chunk out of your mailing and shipping costs this year with Stamps.com. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a special offer that includes a four-week trial, plus free postage, and free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM.